Welcome to this episode of Litigation Briefs, Media Shorts on Law and Courts. I'm Scott Dodson, a distinguished professor of law at UC Hastings College of the Law and the director of the Center for Litigation and Courts, which produces this series. Say I travel to Cancun, Mexico for a vacation. While I'm there, I slip and fall in a local bar and I injure my wrist. I return to California where I live and realize that my wrist injury will cost me several thousand dollars in medical bills. I'd like to sue the Cancun bar to pay for that. Can I do that in California? If I can, what special laws protect the Cancun bar as a foreign national appearing as a defendant in a US court? Here to help me with these questions is my guest, Maggie Gardner, Associate Professor of Law at Cornell Law School. Maggie, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, I'm happy to be here. So who can sue a non-US citizen in a US court? Well, pretty much any US citizen can sue a non-US citizen in US court. And sometimes even non-US citizens can sue non-US citizens in foreign, or sorry, in US court. You know, I, I think the big picture idea here is it's not uncommon to have foreign parties in US cases. And, um, and foreign parties can bring cases too. Though for today, let's just focus on the idea of a foreign party being a defendant in a case. Okay, and so what special implications do foreign defendants present? Well, a lot of times these cases like your slip and fall case, they'll look very normal other than the nationality of the parties. And they're not that uncommon actually in both state and federal courts. Um, but there can be kind of technical complications along the way like, how do you get service of process on your uh, bar owners in Cancun? You can't just send a process server from the United States down there. It's more complicated than that. There's a treaty involved. Same with getting evidence or discovery from uh, Mexico to California. So those can be some complications. In really rare cases, and I don't want to overemphasize this, but sometimes cases involving foreign parties can be sensitive and might raise foreign relations concerns, like um, cases about Holocaust restitution, for example, uh, might implicate some bigger picture concerns for the federal government. Um, not a problem, I think, with your slip and fall case. Probably a bigger problem, and, and one that is, is ubiquitous in cases involving foreign defendants, is whether a US court really can assert authority over the foreign defendant. Um, it's a doctrine we call personal jurisdiction, is it fundamentally fair for a court in California to force your bar owners to show up there to defend themselves? So explain a little bit more about that with personal jurisdiction over a foreign defendant. So the idea here is you would need the defendant, the foreigner to have some kind of relationship with the forum um, to make it fair to force them to show up there. So with your bar owner, for instance, do they advertise in California? Do they you know, own or operate a bar in California as well? There has to be some connection between the defendant, the court, and the conduct at issue. And here that might just be a problem. It's possible if this is just a random bar in Cancun uh, that primarily caters to local citizens and just sometimes there's an American tourist who maybe does too many shots of tequila, that's probably not enough to establish personal jurisdiction in California. Now, what, what if instead though, let's see, 
What if instead you were injured at your resort and it's a big resort, like an all-inclusive fancy resort, advertises heavily in California, almost all of their um, customers or clients come from California, then maybe you could make an argument that that resort owner has a relationship with California related to your slip and fall accident. So let's say that there's personal jurisdiction over that resort owner as a potential defendant in your case. So I'm hoping that the uh, then the Cancun bar has a lot of connections to California. Let's say that's the case. What other protections or concerns might the uh, foreign national have? Okay, so even if a court has personal jurisdiction over your defendant, the defendant might still argue, look, I'm based in another country. All the evidence about what happened to you is in Mexico in this instance. It's really burdensome to expect me to show up in California to litigate that slip and fall or whatever the injury was and bring all the evidence with me. Why don't we just have the case heard in Mexico? Why can't you come to me to sue me in Mexico instead? Well, I don't like that option at all. I don't know anything about Mexican courts. And while I might like to visit Cancun for vacation, I really don't want to have to litigate there. Right. And, and maybe that's exactly how the bar owner, the resort owner feels in return as well. It's a problem in these cross-border cases. Where is it more fair to hear the case? So there's a, a doctrine that U.S. courts use called form non-convenience that gives the judge some discretion to decide, you know, does this case really belong in a foreign court rather than in California? And they might take into account things like, you know, where is the evidence located? Which community has more of a connection to the dispute um, and would have more interest in resolving it? So it could be your case could be dismissed on that basis instead. Now, I'll point out that this doctrine of forum non-convenience, initially it was only used when none of the parties were locals. And that would have protected you in bringing your case in California. But since the 1950s, 1960s, the doctrine's expanded. So today it can be used even if there's a US party who's a plaintiff or a US party who's a defendant, the case might still be dismissed for forum non-convenience if the judge thinks, you know, this case really belongs in the court of another country. Are there any special uh, or differences with the case being brought in a federal court as opposed to a state court? Well, so far, both of these um, grounds for dismissing cases that we've talked about apply roughly the same in state and federal courts. That's personal jurisdiction and form non-convenience. Um, but federal courts in some ways have a greater affirmative obligation to hear these cases. So Congress has granted the federal court's jurisdiction to hear cases involving, specifically involving non-US citizens. And that's reflected in the constitution as well. What kinds of cases belong in federal courts? Um, and then sometimes Congress passes laws that specifically empower people to sue foreign defendants for specific things like terrorism or human trafficking um, or torture. There's even a law that was passed in 1789, in the very first Congress, that empowers uh, foreign plaintiffs to sue in U.S. courts 
uh, for torts only in violation of the law of nations. And that's used today sometimes to bring some human rights cases in U.S. courts, um, though those are pretty rare as well. What changes might be made to the law to better account for all of these issues involving U.S. litigation and foreign parties? So there's a, a lot going on in this area. And like I said, these technical little things, um, some of those are resolved by treaties. And we're negotiating currently some new treaties that will make this easier to handle cases involving foreign parties. So that's always helpful and, and generally a good thing to have judges have tools they can use to coordinate with other judges in other countries. Um, and then there's some of these discretionary doctrines like form non-convenience. I think judges need some flexibility to be able to look at the facts of a specific case and say, you know, this case really doesn't belong here. But that said, those doctrines can get very broad very quickly. I think form non-convenience is too broad right now. Um, it allows, for instance, if a foreign plaintiff comes to the U.S. to sue a U.S. company in the U.S. company's home court, those cases are often dismissed for form non-convenience. And I'm not sure that's right. You know, I think U.S. companies should have to um, respond to claims brought in their home courts. Um, so those are some areas where we might see changes in coming years. Maggie, thanks so much for being on the show and for talking a bit about civil lawsuits involving foreign parties. It's a favorite topic of mine, so it's been a delight. Thanks, Scott. This episode was produced by the Center for Litigation and Courts at UC Hastings College of the Law. If you enjoyed this episode of Litigation Briefs, I hope you'll tune in to future episodes. In fact, I hope you'll consider subscribing to our YouTube channel and audio podcast which can be accessed through the Center for Litigation and Courts website at sites.uchastings.edu slash CLC. While you're at it, encourage a friend to do the same. This is Litigation Briefs, respectfully submitted, Scott Dodson.